if I put $1,000 on a fantasy league, like, do you know what my wife would do to me? Okay, five of us. I'll put 200 bucks. <laughs> right. And then we can never make a start-sit decision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I wrote it on, yeah, on here. It's yeah. like, I trust you like a motherfucker. No. <laughs> Hey yo, we are Fantasy on Draft. Welcome to episode numero 13. I'm NMFL with my co-host Miyagi Pocock. How y'all doing? Man, it was another tough week for me in fantasy. Oof. I did a I have a bet league and we did a QB versus QB bet, which I won. But it was only a QB bet because my team was like a 40-point favorite, and I lost that league <laughs> by a lot. Yeah, that's not, a, that's not good. And it was to get into first place or like a tie for first place. Oh, those, are the, those are the worst. Yeah, got, got completely blown out. Uh, I lost my best dynasty league, which now has lost back-to-back. After having a two-game lead in first, I'm now in second. Oh, man. And... The damn Dynasty League that I traded a bunch of players in so that I could get a better draft pick. Well, I kept winning when I was trying to lose. So this week I said, F it. Let's try to win. Nope. I lost. I hate fantasy football again. How was your fantasy week? Uh, not, not as bad as yours. Um, so I won my two main leagues that I really care about. And, and that's really what's important. And, and realistically, any team that has a potential of being in a championship game, those are your favorite teams anyway. But these two are right. legitimately, like, my favorite two. So I'm really glad that I'm getting in, um, getting a lot of wins stacked up on them. Uh, but besides that, my, my, uh, my week sucked, man. Like, I had Swift and Waller, yeah. uh, Dalvin Cook in a lot of leagues, man. And, and that's a recipe for shit. Yeah, no, that is. We'll get into that here in just a minute. But uh, we'll just tell you what's going on in today's episode. We're going to get to week 12 news around the NFL. We'll talk some of those injuries, uh, some decisions we made we weren't super happy with. We'll get into our six-pack of the week, which will be six players that we think will be good keepers for keeper leagues. We don't talk a lot of keeper leagues because we're not really in keeper leagues, yeah. but it's a, a widely played platform, so yeah. we're going to talk about it a little bit. Yeah, and some strategy really does come into play. Yeah, this. for sure, for sure. And then we'll give you some matchups for week 13 you can take advantage of and win the show. We usually end the show with a drunken trade of the week. This week we're going to end it with a... Drinking Buddies trade of the week. How about that? How about we call it that? You know what? That sounds great. I like that. But, so he's uh, my drinking buddy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but first, let's get into our beer of the day. We're drinking Altamont. Uh, Altamont is the brewer, Altamont Brewing Company, and we're doing Juice Above the Clouds. Tell us about it, Miyagi. Yeah. So um, Altamont, I, like, I love them as a brewery. Um, they do a lot of really aggressive West Coast IPAs. They're kind of like the anti-haze brewery when the, everything was coming out hazier and cloudier and sweeter. They were like, fuck that. We're doing the West Coast bitter IPAs that we all love. Um, so, I, I got I got the shirt that they sell that says uh, "Make beer clear again." Yeah, make beer clear again. Yeah, that was uh, uh, big big red letters on a black shirt that stands out for sure. And uh, um, so the uh, juice above clouds it started as as a as a rotating beer, but it's been so popular they make it all the time now. So it's a double West Coast IPA. And they only use mosaic hops in it. Uh, and mosaic, if you are any type of hop head you've heard of, it's one of the most aromatic, fragrant, and uh, clean-tasting hops out there. So uh, this is definitely coming in at 9%. Drinks a whole lot smoother than that. 
uh, it just just a damn good beer, man. Man, it is delicious. Uh, I've had it before. We we have it on draft fairly often, and um, I don't know if I've tried it in a few months, but it's delicious. The the bitter punch is right up there. I've clearly talked about on past podcasts. That's my that's my go to taste, and uh, really enjoyed it. Definitely some of the you know the fruit flavors can come forward. Oh yeah. Um, I think you had even mentioned uh, off uh, off mic that. You kind of get a dankiness, like oh, a ganja, yeah. ganja a little bit. Yeah, from... definitely. And Altamont's kind of known for that, too. They they definitely have some marijuana references in a lot of the names of their beers. And when you use, like, a nice dank West Coast uh, malt bill that is straight up two-row mixed with mosaic, you can get some super aromatic herbal uh, aromas from that. And they are very closely related plants, so it does make a lot of sense. Yeah, that is that is uh, really good. I like it. Again, it's Altamont uh, Brewing. Actually, their socials are Altamont Beer Works, yeah. so you can find them online. Uh, they're in Livermore, California, and I would say this is a beer that I would highly recommend to anybody who, who likes a real strong IPA and wants to just get uh, really punched in the mouth with hops. I, I, I really like it. Yeah, I suggest this beer constantly when we have it on draft. I love it. Yeah, I'll continue to push it as well. Uh, we'll get into some news and notes for the week. Um, a lot of the, the news was injuries, unfortunately, but I just was looking at a couple things that kind of got me, got me interested. Um, I was looking on a PFF, and right now they have Tampa Bay and New England are both in the top five for their power rankings. Could we get a Brady-Belichick Super Bowl? You know, it, it just seemed like that's inevitable right you know like right, it, it seems right. like the way you know uh stories are written in the nfl and, and the way history remembers things it seems like these two guys have to meet in a super bowl um you know one last dance to see who was carrying it all and I, I, tom brady doesn't have to do that he's already won a super bowl but right right um, he's won them without yeah one super bowl without belichick yeah but. and belichick by all accounts like look at the job he's doing this year coaching Reels. like it's it, it it's reminiscent of Tom Brady's early career. It's like crazy strong defense, good good enough quarterback play to manage to win, keep it close, and then just kick the crap out of them in the fourth quarter. It's it's eerie, man. I mean, you know, going into the season last year, I feel like it was like a ooh, who's it going to be? Is, yeah. Was it Brady or was it Belichick? Yeah. Like, and then it was just a resounding, you know, up oh, it was Brady. Yeah, Belichick's a bum. Yeah, you know, can't guy can't coach, doesn't know what he's doing. Uh, you know, he's awful. And then one season, all of a sudden, like, oh, no, geez, this yeah. guy is the genius. And I almost think of it in fantasy, in, like, dynasty aspect, that he he decided to take a year off and tank last year. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And <laughs> like also... They, they weren't good, and he didn't try to be. Like, well, well, I mean, not they didn't try to be, but... A lot of people forget, too. You know, Belichick's a defensive coach, obviously. Like, his defense is always great. And last year, I think they had eight of their 11 starters take the year yeah, off. Yeah, that's true. They, they or, opted or they were, out for COVID, Yeah, right? yeah. So, so, like, yeah. now those guys are back, and guess what? They're fucking killing it. Like, I think they're the number one scoring defense in fantasy. Yeah, I yeah. think I think it's pretty far, too. I, I don't have the numbers in front of me but i didn't remember looking at it and like that's that's your belichick defense yeah no it's exactly and and it, it would be fun to i mean those would definitely neither one of those would be the teams i would be rooting for i to would get hate to, the to watch Bowl. it but i'd have fun but we'd be all brave <laughs> oh, right? sure. oh, okay yeah. all right all right yeah, yeah. <laughs> another great stat i saw um the detroit lions actually had a better record in the month of november than the los angeles rams <laughs> oh fuck <laughs> 
I just saw that. That's so the Rams mm. were zero and three in the month of November. They both had their both teams had their bye that month. The Rams went zero and three, and the Lions went zero and two and one. Yeah, that's a. That's that's not a favorable stat for the Rams. That's not a no. category you want to be compared to the Lions with yeah, right there. Yeah, no, that is that is not good. And you know what's weird too is they they've they've looked both good and bad in those wins and losses. Like the the loss against the Titans, they just look like crap the whole time. But like the stats are there. I don't. I know a lot of it's garbage time and everything like that. But I mean, it, that's zero and three. Yeah. After, after like three weeks ago, they were the best team in football. I mean, right. they, you know. They, Jeez. Yeah. Fuck it, fucking Odell. <laughs> he ruins them. <laughs> uh, we'll get into some of the injuries. We're just kind of going to do some bigger ones, and we'll just kind of mention them. We'll talk about them a little bit, but, you know, CMC, Christian McCaffrey, uh, hurt his ankle, um, back on the IR and done for this season. That, yeah, I don't want to talk about it. I know. I just thought it was a little surprising. Like, yeah. I, the, the thing I heard right after the game was they probably could have retaped him and put him back out yeah. there. Yeah, and and they just didn't want to rush it. Yeah, listening to the other uh, sports podcasts and broadcasts on on Monday, it was the same thing. They're like, okay, well, if he misses a week, he'll miss a week, but even if he's out there, you can still fire him up. Like nobody anticipated right. season-ending IR. Like it, I don't want to talk about it. DeAndre Swift, uh, he hurt his AC joint in his shoulder. He could miss multiple weeks. I guess we'll fire up Jamal Williams if you got him. Yeah, I mean, Jamal Williams looked good. He's, he's a good player. Uh, he always seems to get that second running back label, but he's he's more than capable. So, I mean, if he gets the same usage, fire him up for sure. Debo, it's funny, my um, cell phone has now capitalized to Debo every time <laughs> I put it in. It just automatically Normally you're capitalizes it, and Debo. it just makes sense. I mean, the guy's a man. Yeah. Um, Hurt is growing out one to two weeks is kind of what they're saying. Hopefully it's one to two weeks and and not anything longer, but that's a huge bummer. He's just been so much fun to watch. Were you watching that when that happened? I didn't see it when it actually happened, no. So he's running one of those stretch plays and uh, as a running back, which apparently he now is, and he just went to the ground. Mm. And um, with his history, I was like, oh, crap. But apparently he said he felt it tightening up and just ended the play before, where he said before he used to try to run through those. And so that's really good news. For one, he's understanding his body and reacting to it quickly. And two, it's saving a much, much longer injury outage. So that's really good news. I'm hoping he's back within a few weeks. Yeah, Yeah, that will be good news. Uh, Brenna Ayuk. Looks like he was already starting to to be part of the game plan again. I mean, he had like 90 yards this last week, and I think with Debo out, he'll be good to fire up. Uh, he'll probably get a couple of those stretch plays that he was getting last year Yeah. where Debo's been taking them all this year. So. Well, yeah, it's weird. It's like, okay, like Shanahan's like, okay, uh, Ayuk's going to be our wide receiver again. Debo, you're our running back. Like, fucking, I'm just going to shift you guys around. And, <laughs> man, it, like he looks good as a running back. He looks really good. He's more than capable. I mean, he's fucking really good like, and what's great too is elijah mitchell still getting right like right. Usage, still right? got 100 yards still did it if okay let's say next year sure. they just come out and they say okay years and years and years ago when i was a kid ricky waters was the niners running back he was a stud and he went to philadelphia and so they were like what are they gonna do 
and they had, I can't even remember, Floyd was his last name. He was a fullback. And he was just like, okay, he was going to be the new RB1. <laughs> and he sucked. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just say the Niners had the same type of thing. All of a sudden, they come out next year, and they're like, okay, Debo is our RB1. Like, no questions <laughs> asked. He is our RB1. Would he instantly be, like, RB8? Oh, he'd, he'd, he'd be a... In, in RB9? Fantasy, yeah, he'd, in, he'd, fantasy, he'd, in he'd, fantasy. He'd be a running back one, for sure. Um, it, because especially you know like that he has a pat, uh, pass-catching abilities. He's a wide receiver. Right, right. And like being the king of yak yards, like, yeah, he absolutely would be. Especially if you could start a player like him in such a thinned out um, well, yeah, good, good point. You know, area. I mean, holy crap. It, I mean, look, look at the... Um, the advantage you have from Cordell Patterson right now. Right. Like right. you have a wide receiver that you can start at your running back position. Yeah. And that's point. exactly what I would think Debo would be too. Even if he only rushes a ball 10 times as their RB1 and then catches six screen passes, you know, like, like, yeah, sign me, yeah. Up, for the, sign me up for that all day. Yeah, me for too. For sure. For sure. Delvin Cook, he dislocated his left shoulder. He's expected... It said he was expected to miss two games, but Coach Zimmer uh, came out yesterday and said he was day-to-day. Yeah, it's a real pain in the ass if you have an IR spot that you're trying to put him in, just yeah. so we're oh, clear. Yeah, I can, I can see that for sure. Um, Injury-wise, uh, I mean, he has, he's ha- had the same issue on his other shoulder. He separated it. He tore a labrum, and uh, he missed significant time with that. A shoulder, shockingly enough, for a physical running back is a very important part of your body. Um, so I don't know how he's going to be day-to-day with a shoulder that's separated. It's, it's a painful injury. And then Darren Waller had a knee injury. Uh, says he's week-to-week week right now, but sounds pretty iffy for this week. Yeah, the good news is it wasn't anything on the interior of the knee. It was the exterior on the outside of your knee, um, like, stabilizing, which can happen in, like, long-distance runners and, like, uh, track and field runners that can that can get uh, worn out, but as far as like making cuts and burst, uh, that injury isn't going to limit that significantly. It's just going to make his breakaway speed kind of kind of diminish a bit. Okay, okay. He unfortunately is my only tight end in a league that pickups are now completely stopped. Oh, right. Right. And I thought I had to the end of this week to get another tight end to back him up, and uh, Thursday night was the oh, that was the cutoff. So I'm running with him into the playoffs as my only tight end. So we'll see how it goes. Not looking good. Um, we'll get into some questions from the bar. That's where you guys reach out to us and uh, ask us some questions. Could be start sit. Could be you know ideas of people to look into for dynasty, different stuff like that. This week, it was kind of more of a statement from the bar, but a loyal listener wanted to remind us to remind all of you that just because you paid fab on a player doesn't mean you have to start them that week. Yes. Sometimes you bid on a player. Sometimes you have to bid high on them, and you get them, and they're like a shiny new toy. You're like, oh, my gosh, I can't wait to play this guy. And then you do dumb stuff where you play him over an established guy. Yeah. And it's not always good. I mean, there's a reason that they were on the waiver wire or on the free agent list just the week before. You know, I I actually did it just this week. I picked up Tony Jones Jr. in a couple places, uh, you know, thinking that maybe the Saints would use him. 
with Kamara out, Ingram yeah. out. Yep. Thought he would, you know, be the guy. I played him over J.D. McKissick in a couple of places. And, yeah. You know, another thing that <clears throat> D.K. Metcalf is not doing very good right now. Nope. But you and I talk about this a lot. Like, do you want to lose a week with, with D.K. blowing up on your bench? Right. You it's know? not a good feeling. And so that's the, this is, I feel like, one of those times. Like, don't go out there and spend on... You know, Nick Edwards. Yeah, whatever, you know, whoever it is, and be like, well, I'm playing my shiny new toy over DK Metcalf. Yeah, who's going to blow up on your bench. So just just a reminder sometimes when you buy that shiny new toy, it doesn't mean it needs to go over your, you know, your old faithfuls. Yeah, I I like to think of it like where you think big, you know. Buzz just doesn't come in and replace Woody. No, it sure in the hell doesn't. (laughs) But yeah, like if if you think about it, like, like, I bought, uh, or I, I bid on Ayuk a few weeks ago, and um, he hasn't started for me yet, but guess who I'm really happy is on my team? Like we exactly. Were, we were yep. just talking um, this morning, like, I'm going to have to drop somebody on that league, and, like, Ayuk is one of those guys, and I really, really, really don't want to drop him, so I'm hoping, like, they rule Dalvin Cook out so I can use the damn IR spot for what it's for, but, like, you have a player that might not start for you, but you know is going to have insane value two weeks down the road where he has, like, four games in a row where he's playing super soft secondaries or, or, or a soft defense or your playoff schedule is super favorable with that player. So you pick them up now when you can or you pick them up a week right, early. Right. Um, I, I like to do this with my streaming defenses if I have – a um, a spot on my bench where I can actually do that. You look for the next week and see who has a super soft matchup because after after this game finish or after this week's games finishes, everybody's going to be bidding on them. Or if you can get afford to get them a week early for a buck in Fab instead of fifteen bucks in Fab, fucking go for it. Right. I I actually in multiple leagues have the Rams this week going against Jacksonville. Yeah. And I did the same thing. Picked them up early. You know, didn't have a good matchup last week, but this I picked him up for this specifically. Yeah, yeah to yeah. get ahead. Heck yeah, smart guy. Um, a lot of times we talk about trying to get a roster set up where you can just set it, forget it. You don't have to worry about it. It's in good enough shape. It just you know plays itself. But that doesn't always happen. Yeah. Sometimes you got guys, and you take your lineup and you set it, and you instantly regret it. Yeah. Um, you know, bad decisions. Did you make any bad decisions? Any last minute, you know, yeah. start sits that you messed up I, this week? I super did. And you know what's, you know what, it, it happens every week. It's always like a frenzy the last 10 minutes before kickoff, you know, on Sunday morning where you're just like, okay, you're re looking over your rosters, you're kind of second guessing yourself. And um, I was thinking, you know, I, I have, I've, I've confessed, like, Waddle's my guy. Like, I, I really, really like him as a player. And I had him in my lineup. But I also try to think smart. You know, you got, I also had Pittman, who's on my bench. Oh, uh, tough. Yeah. And, you know, uh, Pittman was going against the uh, Bucks secondary, and their secondary, by all accounts, is pretty beat up. So that's a place to beat them. Uh, their defensive line is insane. Their linebackers are super tough. You can't run against Tampa. So I figured Pittman with the last couple weeks building up more and more trust with Wentz, he's going to be the guy. So I, I, I uh, sat Waddle, uh, who had like 11 for 13, a touchdown and 130 yards. And I started Pittman, who ended up with 57 yards, but that was almost entirely in the fourth quarter. 
and uh, I I was losing by a lot in that league, and uh, I was I was pretty pissed off at myself about it. I'm more just wondering who the hell is your other wide receiver? Oh, uh, I can tell you actually. I, I mean, <laughs> if you're if you're going back and forth on Pittman and Waddle. And uh, your other guy better be a stud. I oh, mean, um, yeah, here, let me pull it up. I know you're in a lot of here. leagues. It's hard to. So, yeah, I mean, my, for, my other wide receivers were Stephon Diggs, Mike Evans. Oh, okay, perfect. So, yep, yep. Uh, <laughs> yeah. and, and, you know, Mike Evans, I figure Antonio Brown's out, so I always kind of hope Mike Evans is going to have his blow-up games. When he doesn't blow up, it's ugly, but when he does, I am very happy. So, um, yeah, uh, I, I have I have some other wide receivers on that that team as well. That's a team I have Ayuk. Um, I also have Mike Williams and Hollywood Brown. So my team is pretty stacked. Yeah, you're pretty good at, at stacking your wide receivers with some pretty awesome guys. So yeah. I'm not super surprised, but that is a tough one to to have to decide between Waddle and Pittman. Yeah. <laughs> um, tell me about your tight end here. I, I didn't know this. We haven't talked about this oh, before. Yeah. I'm so, just reading it right now so, for the first time. Yeah, actually, uh, the reason I came back and I, I won that is um, Mark Andrews. Uh, were you watching that game? Yeah, I did. So he had that crazy yeah. catch for like 40 yards, and then they called pass interference on Right, him. right. And they didn't say that penalty has been declined because he caught it. It was an insane catch. It was. It, it, go back and, and watch a highlight of it if you haven't seen it. It was... Mark Andrews is a fucking stud. He caught the ball, uh, like, bouncing around on the ground and, and just managed Getting to... pulled down Yeah, backwards. exactly. I mean. it, was, it, was, it was bonkers. Um, but then they gave him a, the, the P.I., and I thought, like, okay, well, they're not going to challenge if he caught it because they got the P.I., and even though they replayed it several times and everybody in the fucking world could see he saw it, I just thought it wasn't worth the coach's challenge to right. race that challenge, even though they knew they were going to win, and they just said, fuck it. Um, but they did the right thing. They, they went back. They gave him credit for 34 yards and a catch. And uh, I ended up winning because of that. So uh, it, it, thank you, Mark Andrews, for making me not hate Pittman because I didn't want to do that. Yeah, that's crazy because I was specifically watching that. And I was as it was happening, I remember thinking to myself, like, do they have to challenge this to get yeah. the yards? Yeah. And then I don't even remember who the announcers were. But one of them said, oh, no, they gave him the catch. Okay. Like, he yeah. said it. But I never, I didn't have Andrews anywhere, so I never like looked to see that. No, it took a while. Yeah, it I did, never, it, I never like he just said it, but he just said it in passing, not he, like it wasn't like he was like, oh, okay. I looked into it. He just was like, oh, they gave him the catch, and I was like, okay. Yeah, and then I didn't have Andrews, so I never looked in to see if it it went through. Yeah, and, the refs never stopped and said, oh yeah, the penalty's been declined, catch at the whatever. I mean, the NFL uh, is pretty good and diligent about going back and looking at all that stuff. So you're right. I'm glad they did the right thing and gave yeah. him a catch, and I feel like that is. They do that a lot with, you know, we don't play any IDP because that is such a, those stats oh. get, you know, edited so yeah. much yeah. that it's just not worth it to, you win a week on Monday night and then you find out Thursday that you lost yeah. because Somebody the tackle got a for tackle. a loss yeah. was actually a tackle. Just a, but anyways, the NFL, I guess, is pretty good about going back through that. So I'm pretty glad they did that. Because yeah. it, it was a baller catch. Yeah. That was, yeah. And I, I was mean, like, dude, like. I mean, I get it for, for the way, like, football works. It doesn't matter. In the game, it doesn't matter who has so many yards receiving or anything like that. But for fantasy, I was just like, dude, fuck. Well, you know, I mean, it actually, though, I mean, they use their stats for their contracts. So, that's I mean, in a way, it, it does. I mean, that, that's not going to, you know. But, I mean, at the end of the year, if it made it where he's a 1,200-yard guy instead of 1,170-yard guy, that does 
you know, hold some weight. So I'm glad yeah. the NFL, anyways, glad the NFL did that. Yeah. Um, I had a couple that I did. Uh, I mentioned Tony Jones. Um, I played him over J.D. McKissick, which was just dumb. But I also started Miles Sanders over Damian Harris, and uh, that hurt me. I just thought Miles Sanders was going to have a, a really good week, and I thought the matchup was good. And, you know, I don't know what to do. You only got seven yards per carry. I don't. I mean, he <laughs> needs to step his game up. Not good enough. Seven yards per carry is only going to get you <laughs> seventy yards on ten carries. Yeah, That's, yeah. So <laughs> let's give him six. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking goddamn. <laughs> Fucking Philly, man. So yeah, I, I would have much rather started Damian Harris. Uh, that would have won me a league um, over Miles Sanders. But what are you going to do? Yeah, well, I was going to ask, what are you going to do with Miles Sanders moving forward? I mean, he's like one of those guys. It's how I felt about Mixon a couple years ago, where I know he's super talented. I know he's capable of being a star. Like he's shown he can be a star. Um, but you can't tell the coaches to give you the damn ball. It's so crazy. I know. You know, I specifically looked last week. He was at 4.99 yards per carry on the season. Yeah. You know, we were calling it five. He was at seven this week, so I know he's at five for sure, yeah. five point something. That is very good. And, um, you know, I just I don't know. It's one of those crazy things where, you know, you and I sit here and decide how much better we are than any NFL coach. And, you know, guys sit at the bar that watch two games a week and they know better than – you know, all these Hall of Fame coaches and stuff like that. But it's, it is just a weird situation. Like how, like, how do you give this guy the ball and he gets you 70% of a first down? <laughs> yeah, and then do you're it. like, no, no, no. And, I mean, to be fair, Boston Scott has looked, has looked good. Yeah. No, I mean, so, like, that part, you know, a, a timeshare or something like that. But Hertz looked awful. Yeah. I yeah. mean, awful. Like, he played like – like, he literally looked like they need a new quarterback. Right. And at some point, like, like what? where do you start changing some of that? Where do you – you know, it's the def- – what is it, the definition of whatever we're Insanity. hitting? Insanity. You know, yeah, yeah <laughs> you exactly. Like thing and expect different expect results. Expect different results. Yeah. Like, you don't have Jalen Hurts run around and throw the ball all over the field when he can't do it. Granted – you know, he had a good enough throw at the end to yeah to win it, but even then it wasn't a great throw. It was yeah. just good enough. Well, and, and still, it's like you, you spend all game to get yourself in a situation like that where, by all accounts, they should have been kicking ass all game. Like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, you, I mean, you can't give – and Boston Scott, I don't know. I don't know what his yards per carry was at all, but I know he had a good game. I know he didn't have a ton of carries either, but, like, how do you not give each of them – you know, seven carries per drive and score a touchdown. I mean, yeah, just, because we're talking about the, the Giants defense. And the Giants defense isn't a run stopping right. defense. And, and like to put up seven on them is just, it's embarrassing. Yeah, Boston Scott, he had 15 carries and he got the touchdown. How many had yards? A couple did he reception. Have? Uh, 64 yards off of 15, which isn't so, seven oh. yards a carry. So, <laughs> so he got 15. <laughs> and Miles Sanders got – it might have been seven. I could be lying. No, he – Miles Sanders seven. got nine nine carries. Oh, nine. But, like, that's your guy. Like, he's he's better. <laughs> he's he's better. And and I don't – I know that, my, uh, that Jalen Hurts is a running quarterback. I get that. Like, yeah. he, he runs away from – but, like, how do you not just – well, I don't – and, again, I, I've never coached football. I don't know. But, like, how do you not just dead-ass sprint – to the left, like you're gonna run, 
and then turn around and throw it all the way to the right to Miles Sanders. Yeah, who now has room to run. Like, how do you not do that? And especially, and, like, Hurts fucking stunk it up so bad. He had three interceptions, man. Like, he had three picks in this game against the Giants. Like, you utilize your running backs. You got to utilize your running backs. And, and you went up and you, you drafted somebody like Miles Sanders, who, again, different coaching staff drafted him. It was a different regime then. But, like, that shouldn't stop you from recognizing the talent that you have right there in front of you and using that to win games. And it just seems yeah. like it seems like they're stupid. Yeah, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. <laughs> uh, one league, I'm going to keep playing him because my – Next best choice, uh, I was playing Michael Carter for a while. He's still an IR. IR, Um, And other than that, I think I start getting into uh, some wide receiver options that are mediocre. Like Rager. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And another, and granted, I'm lucky enough that both leagues I have him. He is my third running back. He is my flex. So in one league, I'm going to keep playing him, uh, you know, hoping that something does change. Maybe I'm the one that's a sociopath by starting him every week thinking that things are going to change but in another league I'm going to play Damian Harris over him I'm going to make that exact opposite switch that I made this week and uh, hope that Ramondre Stevenson and Damian Harris keep continuing to both have good games yeah yeah it's you know if Damian Harris gets that touchdown that's that's really what right what it is right which yeah. he seems to do so you know? far yeah all right man I want to get into our question of the week have you heard of, uh, I think they call it the GM Dynasty Leagues? Oh, yeah. It's basically, it's a two-manager league, co-managers, but one manager is basically the general manager. So they do, they do the draft, they do all the trades, and they do the free agent pickups. The other guy is basically the on-field coach. So he sets the lineup every week. He makes start-sit decisions. And they can't do the other person's job. You know, it is, it is set. Only the GM can add and drop people from the roster, and only the, the coach can uh, start-sit people. Okay. Uh, any interest in a league like this? Could you succeed at a league like this? Um, in, in, the, in the right scenario. So if, if, like, say, for example, um, I was joining a league with my son, you know, get, getting him going on it, where it's like, okay, I can, I, I can I, I'd like to be the GM there because I like to put together a team. I like to um, set ourselves up. It, what do they say? Uh, you fill the cupboards, I'll cook with the ingredients. That's, you know, the, the old coaches used to say, I can't cook with a bare cupboard. Um, so I would love to stock those cupboards because one of my favorite parts is drafting, trading. I like to build a solid-ass team and hopefully get to a point where the start-sit decisions are more like who's going to blow up bigger as opposed to, fuck, i got to start one of these guys. Um, so if, you're, if, you're, if, if your other partner is somebody who, like, is just learning and they can, can kind of see why, like, you're building your team that way and you can talk to them, like, Ayuk, for example, it's like, oh, I'm going to pick him up because in two, three weeks, he could be something great. It looks like he's on the upswing, blah, blah, blah. Right now, we can buy him very low. And then uh, eventually, you know, I mean, even if, if I start a league with my son, he would just look at the projections and go off that, and there's nothing wrong with that. Right. Um, especially if I'm in a position to stock those um, players as, like, studs. So he's just picking between different studs. So um, I could see it doing that, but, like, 
I mean, besides that, I, I would never, <laughs> I don't want to do it. Like even, yeah. even, even if like you were my other partner, like I, 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 I love you, man. I trust you like up and down every aspect of life, but like, I don't want you fucking with my fantasy team. <laughs> no, that's, that's pretty much how I feel too. I was thinking about my son, Jason, um, <laughs> and you know, he's fairly new into fantasy. He's been doing it a couple years and he's really putting in the effort to, to learn it. And, you know, I was really proud of him the other day. He told me, he was like, man, sometimes people sit up at the bar and they talk football and I can have a conversation with them. Oh yeah. Awesome dude. That's exactly what we're trying to do. Yeah. Like literally 18 months ago, he couldn't name five NFL players. Right. And he does, you know, he, he does a lot of start sit stuff, his own. And he asks us for advice, but he does a lot and he does a lot of looking into past week's yes. scores and he yes. looks in to see, you know, he does a lot of that stuff that I feel like I don't. Yeah. I just kind of have an idea yeah, of where it, it is, yeah. you know, and I know. And, and sometimes it'll backfire. I'm certain that this guy's had four good weeks and he has it and yeah. stuff like that. But he does a good job at that. So I feel the same way. Like, I could be his GM and I could, you know, go and build a team and then exactly pretty soon his decisions are, are easily made for him. And, uh, but I would definitely never want to be the coach. Yeah. I mean, he couldn't, couldn't do that. If I can't build a team. Yeah. If I can't go out and pick the players I want, I'm not doing it. Yeah. (laughs) It would, it would not be fun. And then, yeah, the same thing. It it has to be a situation like you and I could never, ever do this. Yeah. I'm not calling you daddy. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm, I mean, one, I feel like we feel so similar about a lot of players, but there's a lot of players out there that we're so oh, different yeah. on. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and if you're consistently giving me X player and I'm like, well, I don't like X, so I'm always playing Y, yeah. you know? So, yeah, I, I feel like you're right. It would have to be like a, like, you know, a kid or, or someone just new to somebody it. You're you're, up, like right. Some you're bringing up. Like somebody that's still very much learning. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like it, it could get boring. Yeah. You know, I yeah. feel like it would just come to a point where, you know, yeah, it would, you would be, you, I mean, there comes a point where once you build a team, there's not much to do. Right, right. I mean, it, it just, you're set. And <laughs> if you're <laughs> only setting your lineup on Sundays, like, you don't even get a look for trades and stuff. Yeah, it's like, hey, can you get me the waiver? No? All right, fuck me. <laughs> so it sounds like a good kind of, it sounds like a gimmick that could be fun. It's like training wheels, man. It's like, it, 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 it's like having somebody, um, I don't, I don't need, I, I can't even think of the proper analogy, but like if you're an up and coming learning player, like it, it'd be cool. But for somebody who's more experienced, it's going to get kind of boring, but yeah. it also, it's kind of rewarding because you get to help somebody learn and you get to help somebody win. And that, that's kind of cool. Yeah. I think the, f- I mean, it would have to be a dynasty is how you would do it. And I think the first season would be totally fun. I think it would be, you know, yeah. you would be happy, and especially if your draft was right before the season started so you didn't sit around and do nothing as the coach. Yeah. But season two would be like, okay, the draft is fun. I don't know. Just yeah. It's a gimmick. If you want to do it, I'm sure you can find some leagues, especially on the Sleeper app. There's a lot of stuff oh, yeah, where it yeah. says to find leagues. But um, not something that, that I would enjoy. Yeah, especially because we're already in so many leagues. Like it, it'd be it, for me, it would be hard to add a league like that. Right, right, exactly. That's a good point. All right, man, we uh, finished our beer of the day. Now we're getting buzzed. What's got you buzzed for fantasy football this week? Anything got you excited? 
Yeah, man. Um, besides this beer, which I necked pretty fast, um, it's kicking in. I, I think what's got me buzzed most right now is playoff positioning, man. We're, we're two weeks oh, yeah. away. We're two weeks two weeks away from the playoff starting. Um, you know, like I was talking earlier, we all have our tiers of teams, you know, just like kids. We got our favorites. All you parents oh, yeah. know what I'm talking about. Don't fucking lie to yourself. We all got our favorite kids. Yeah, it could J- change. Jason's my favorite. Yeah, it could change day to day, but, you know, we, we, we all have our favorites. Um, and, you know, just just like kids, the winners are better. <laughs> so mm-hmm. so I've, got, I've got a couple leagues where I'm definitely in the playoffs, and um, I'm kind of maneuvering around for that number one seed. I love looking at the playoff matchups um, to see who I need to get right now before it's too late and I can't get them just like we were talking about earlier and um, you know it's it's just so much more fun to deal with those teams in like a three and seven team yeah Um, yeah so I I love to to look at my championship lineups I like to look at um, who I can potentially be facing and I start looking at their teams and like their matchups everything like that Um, it, it basically it reminds me of um, how I used to be when I would only play in like two or three leagues. I would just be like, like all about it, even if they were losing. Yeah. And um, that's kind of what I get to do now with my winning teams. I just get to like super, super nerd out on them. And um, I, I spend a significant amount of time on those leagues. So it's, you start seeing when you, when you focus on, on certain leagues, like it pays off. Like we were talking earlier, like my bench on a league that I'm going to have to drop somebody is insane because I've spent so much time trying to find a way to get those players and everything that I like. And um, it just, it, it, it's a great time to also reflect back at the beginning of the season. Like there's, there's a team right now who's a number one seed on one of mine and I start out two and four, man. Yeah. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know, if you start out slow and you like, it can just be a simple thing like one trade. Like, I traded for Stefan Diggs, and that tra- changed my whole trajectory of my team. And by all accounts, he wasn't doing much back then. Um, but the last three weeks, he's, he's been yeah. what you were hoping to see, and he's getting touchdowns, he's getting those yards. And honestly, like, that's what's got me buzzed, is seeing, like, those small things that you do earlier in the season where you're buying low and you're seeing that shit start to pay off now, and, like, you have that light at the end of the tunnel of just bringing home a belt, bringing home a trophy, bringing that shit home and also the absolute terror of just getting a truck running yeah. over your face Ooh. with a fucking injury to, to right. DeAndre Swift or Christian McCaffrey. Like all of that right now is like my favorite part of the season besides after I win a championship. Those two weeks after I win, it's fucking ruthless. I, I'm, I'm a total douche and I'm not ashamed of that at all. No, that's true. And it's not just those two weeks, just so you know. Yeah, year round actually. You're right. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. But yeah, it is it is fun to see uh, playoffs getting close. I'm in a league that I I joined an orphan league years ago and took over a team, and it just came to my attention. I know I should have read the rules, <laughs> but it just came to my attention that playoffs start next week in that oh, in that league, which is week 14. Which, if you're not familiar, there's buys in week 14. Yeah, that's rough. So some teams are going to be out, you know, they're Vikings players and, and different stuff along those lines. And the league is falling apart so fast that I actually, I think we talked about it, I made a copy of the league and yeah. found a bunch of guys to take over. I'm in that league. Yeah, man. we have our own, you know, little orphan Annie league where we're all orphan dads and we've taken <laughs> over teams. 
and it's because that league was dying so bad, and I, but I had liked what I had kind of rebuilt my team from. And so I posted, somebody else is the, you know, a buddy of ours, he's in that league, and he posted, like, why do playoffs start next week? Like, basically the same thing I just said. Like, yeah. there's buys going. That's, that's ridiculous. And I posted in there, I put a post on the, the message board that said, oh, no, I hope it doesn't take you know, a majority of the league to vote for it to change because I think only four of us pay attention to this Nobody's active, yeah. (laughs) And I woke up to the two other guys that are active in it with laugh comments on it, so I thought that was pretty funny. Yep, two and oh. What's got me buzzed this week is uh, I actually won my first week of the playoffs of the Megalo Bowl. Yeah, congrats. I actually didn't know that last week was the first week of the playoffs. I thought it was after this week. Um... But for those of you uh, that know what that is, um, you do know what it is for those you don't. It's the fantasy footballers. They put on a huge, 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 huge yeah, very fantasy big. league. And it gets to the playoffs where only your points scored matter. So each week, the top 50% of scores move on. The bottom half lose. And uh, I moved on. So that's, that's pretty exciting. I didn't. Just also, looked. <laughs> I didn't. Also... Uh, <laughs> Buys are almost over. Yes. Um, like I just mentioned, some idiots are playing their their playoffs in week 14, which is, one, just wrong because there's an extra week yeah. this so week, so you they, should get did, an extra week out of it. So last year, that, that would have been appropriate. Right. So did they just not just change, change it? Laziness. Yeah. They're lazy. Yeah. I can't imagine why you'd be fed up with that league and want to start a copycat league of that. Yeah. Yeah. So weird. Infuriating, lazy commissioners. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is. Super at him. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> um, and yeah, buys are almost over. So, you know, it'll be nice to, to get all your players back. Uh, I just, you know, I have a league that has Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and CEH, and they were all out last week, and I'm really pumped to get them all back. Yeah, I've heard of those guys. I have a couple other leagues where CEH has been on IR and just getting him back. I'm, I'm excited about that. Um, so, yeah, I'm ready for buys to be done so that we can get into the playoffs and uh, actually have, uh, have some fun. And this week's show is brought to you by Burgers and Brew in Chico, California. Uh, this fine establishment has hands down the best burgers in town and 64 beers on tap. I get to pick those. Come check them out. We're at 301 Broadway in Chico, California. They have a uh, great happy hour from 3 to 6, Monday through Friday. That's a dollar off beers and some great food specials, including uh, $2 tacos and my personal favorite, the uh, Buffalo Wings. Once again, that's Burgers and Brew in Chico, California. And you know what else it has? By far, the quietest place to record a podcast unless we ask them to be quiet, in which case, they rock and fucking roll. That's the truth. <laughs> That's the way it works. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, man, let's get into our six-pack of the week. This one's going to be fun, man. Yeah, we're going to do a six-pack. Uh, like we said, we're going to do a six-pack of keepers for next year's. Uh, kind of guys that we think were drafted maybe a little bit later than they're going to be next year. And so that's what basically makes for a keeper. So I kind of wanted to ask a couple questions here, and I should have done this before we started recording, but there are different rules to keeper leagues. Some of them are the ADP of that year going into it. Some of it is the where you drafted them the previous year. And then also, how are we going to um, deal with undrafted players? Because I definitely have a couple that I wanted to mention undrafted. Would they just be a last round pick? Or yeah, that's that's a good point. I think that that is pretty much the way it works. It, the way that we're going to count it as working is 
you get to keep them in the round they were drafted the year before. Okay, so this year where we drafted them. Yeah, yeah, okay. where we drafted this year, you'll get them in that round next year. And undrafted players um, would usually, I think, I think they're usually sometimes, sometimes it's the last round, sometimes it's like round 13. Like, I mean, it's definitely a late round. Okay. Um, I know that, that there is some things where uh, leagues will put a limit on you can't keep or you can't, you know, acres because he got injured and so he was going in the round you know like like they put some rules where if you drafted jk dobbins with your last pick of the draft that eh, doesn't mean you get him with the last pick of your draft for this year guys that went on ir before the season started there were some rules put in place so we're just going to do it as where they were drafted Perfect. This year is where you'll get them next year. Perfect. And we'll say undrafted guys going around, you know, 14, 15, like one of your last rounds. Cool. So, uh, yeah, let's start us off. Who do you got? Who's your number one? So I decided to do um, kind of a tiered thing. So I have earlier rounds, mid rounds, and then late rounds. So I'm going to start with the early round guys that I got. Um, mostly DeAndre Swift, man. Like yeah, his yeah. his ADP was in the fourth round. Um, by all accounts, if he keeps it up, even with the injury, uh, I think he was the the running back four before the the injury week where he kind of had what two points for the whole for the yeah, whole week. Yeah. Um, so right now he's sitting at run, running back seven, and his his skill set is incredible. Uh, he catches a ball um, and he he does a lot of, with his uh, yards after the carry, and I mean. Call me stupid, but I think that the Lions will be better the next year. They got to yeah. win eventually, man. These poor fucking Detroit fans. But so that's that's absolutely who I'm targeting. That that way, it's going to set you up where you still have your first, second, third round pick. Do whatever you want with them. That that way, you can reach for maybe a tight end, or you can reach for a quarterback that you normally wouldn't want to do, knowing that you have like a top two round running back sewed up in the fourth. Yeah, I think I mean, that's really smart because I think that I'm not sure if Swift was a first rounder next year. Um, but he's getting really close to that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, I mean, I, I think people don't pay attention a whole lot because he's on the Lions, but he's fucking killing it. He's, yeah. like, leading uh, receiving running back in the NFL right now, and uh, he's doing a lot, lot with his opportunity. So it just sucks that he's stuck on the Lions, you know? Exactly. My early round guy is uh, Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon had second round ADP this year. And he'll probably be like a top five pick next year. Yeah, if he keeps this up, absolutely. So especially if you have an early first, you know, if you pick number two or number three, something like that, if you use him as your second-round pick, you know, you're getting him with, you know, the 210 or something like yeah. that where he could actually be going off as a, as a top five guy next year. He's, yeah. he's been killing it. Um, I think Najee Harris also fits here as a second-round pick. that will be a first-round guy next year. Um, but I do think he'll be a little bit later in the first round, but not much. I, I think his – I honestly could see those two going back to back. back. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, a good point. Not, Najee's killing it. I think like being able to keep Najee in the second – also lets you keep your first round, and that's that's a good good pick for this year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'm going to go ahead with my middle tier. So basically, I, I broke it down like one through four first tier, five through ten second tier, ten through the rest of the draft is my third tier, and um, shouldn't be a surprise to anybody. But Cooper Cup, that's my boy. He went in the fifth round this year. We're talking about the wide receiver one. Um, in the fifth round, he's getting like 2,000, just under 2,000 yards. He's, that's what he's on pace for. Uh, just under um, 20 touchdowns. 
you can keep your first round pick where by all accounts he's probably going to be going next year. He should be the wide receiver one or oh, two. Oh yeah, he's going to be right there. Yeah. Um, and and you get to you get to you get to keep that value, but in the fifth round again, these are players that we're looking to to capitalize on their low point. Um, by picking them up now and saving that spot so we can still draft those top-tier players in the earlier rounds, but then just get those lotto tickets that are already confirmed. Um, I had a couple other guys in the middle round. Do you want me to talk about those yeah, guys? Yeah, right yeah, now? yeah so, let's do it. So, I mean, we're, we're talking Debo. He went in the 9-2. Like, That's crazy. I, I, like, he had an injury-prone The RB8. Yeah, the RB8 on the season, dude. He went in the 9-2. Um, we're talking Jamar Chase. He went in the seventh round, the 7-8 on ADP. And then, honestly, man, I think this guy is the real winner in this group. The Leonard Fournette went nine six. He's such. It's such a scary thing, yeah, to get Leonard Fournette in the ninth round. Yeah, I mean that would be the greatest. I mean, he's playing as an RB one. Yes, but he would probably be well at the ninth round. He'd probably be your third running back drafted. <laughs> yeah. But it still seems scary. Well, I mean, what's really scary is now he's getting that work in in the pass game. Yeah, like yeah. he is. We were talking. He's the fourth passing or third actually. He because he, he has he's less. Tied with Eckler. Yeah, he's tied with Eckler for receptions. Um, he has nine touchdowns on the year already. Or, no, he's got eight touchdowns on the year already. So he's scoring. He's just under a thousand yards for the season. He's absolutely a part of that offense and all of these stats like all of these are with him starting out slow the first three weeks of the season he wasn't doing a whole yeah, lot yeah and um now he has cemented himself it's not like last year it was kind of a oh is it going to be ronald jones or fournette and you kind of saw some glimpses of fournette in the playoffs and then um brady sat him down and had a father-son talk with him and said dude this is your chance to be great. This is your chance to establish yourself as what you were always meant to be coming out of college. You're going to be a Hall of Fame player. This is your time. You're not going to, you're not going to get another chance if you waste this opportunity. And by all accounts, Fournette took that shit too hard, and he's been killing it. Yeah, Lenny Fortuddy's. Yeah, Lenny Fortuddy's. Fucking Gronk. Uh, my middle round guy, I went with Elijah Moore. He, is, uh, going, he was going in the 10th round this year. He's currently wide receiver number 37 on the season, but since week seven, he's wide receiver number three. Yeah. Um, he started very slow, as rookies do a lot of times. He missed a couple games early, um, which is why he's 37 on the season. But since week seven, the guy has just been on a tear and almost been quarterback proof. I mean, they've, yeah. he's had, had Mike White, he's yeah. had, you know, Flacco. Flacco, which if that tell you something. Yeah. Um, you know, and so uh, I think that in the 10th round, getting a guy like Elijah Moore, who in theory could be a top 12 wide receiver pretty easily next year, um, you know, is a way to go. I think Darnell Mooney fits in here too. He's right about the same thing. They were going almost back-to-back in drafts. Um, Darnell Mooney started a little slow too, but he's been on a tear the last couple weeks as well. Yeah, and, and he's really established himself as the one on that team with um, Robinson missing time. He's on a franchise tag. Yeah, Robinson's deal. missed every game this year. I think. Yeah, I think I think he retired. He took the year <laughs> off. He opted out. That's, yeah. that's what he did. Um, but yeah, Elijah Moore, that's a great pick, man. I mean, you're starting to definitely see what that second half of rookie year wide receivers are capable of. They're just getting acclimated to the speed of the NFL, the cornerbacks, um, how aggressive they are in the NFL as opposed to college. And um, 
he, by all accounts, looks like a stud, man. He's averaging a touchdown a game the last four games and just under 80 yards. Yeah, dude is, yeah. Dude is killing it. Dude's rude. So, yeah, love, love that pick. Um, I'm going to go ahead and finish off. Like, th- this is going to be tough because these late rounds, it's a fucking gold mine, man. Um, you've got Waddle, who I've made very clear how I feel about Jalen Waddle. He got picked at the 10-9. That's his average ADP. And... Um, it even he even got going a little bit earlier than some of the other wide receivers and i mean just like this last week target monster well over 100 yards he finally had a breakaway play that you've looked for since college and guess what he was the second fastest clocked uh player on the nfl this week he Jeez. ran just under 23 miles per hour and torched that defense yeah hopefully everybody started him this week <laughs> <laughs> i get it uh, so if you can pick him up and for for a 10th round pick and have a stud wide receiver two on your team with a potential breaking out and honestly being a wide receiver one very easily next year, especially with the chemistry yeah. him and Tua have going yeah, together. They, they really do. Um, Tua's been looking good, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's looking way, way better. I mean, like quarterbacks tend to do in their second year. I, I get so pissed off when people are just like, after one year, dude's a bum and talking about trading him or like he's not paying off. Like, Tua's a very capable quarterback. I think he's going to be a lot better than even I thought he was going to be. So He's been at like 80% completion percentage yeah. the last two weeks. Yeah, yeah. Jeez. He you know who those are going to? Waddle. My boy, Waddle. And then uh, a couple other notable names here. Um, if, if you really want the cheat code, man, it's A.J. Dillon. Like, A.J. Dillon has shown he's very capable as a running back. And shockingly enough, just like Fournette, he's catching passes like crazy right now. He's caught every pass except for one that's been thrown to him. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, he's, uh, ex- he's been targeted 29 times. Sorry, he's caught 27, so I missed only two drops. Um, pants on I, fire. Pants on fire. I'm, I'm basically the worst. Um, but when you started to think about A.J. Dillon maybe dipping into some uh, uh, touches for Aaron Jones, and you start to think, well, Aaron Jones is our pass-catching running back. He's going to hold on to all those plays. No, A.J. Dillon is very capable pass catching. They didn't use him in college for that, but you just watch this dude play, he's a fucking beast, and he catches the ball. Yeah, he Um, really is. So, I mean, I had to throw Waddle out there as my pick because that's my guy, but um, if you could pick A.J. Dillon as, I don't even think he was drafted. He probably wasn't, yeah. Yeah, or, I mean, that's, that's, that's your win right there. Yeah, no, he can, he does things that, uh, you know, he's becoming one of those guys, like we had we'd even mentioned it before, he's becoming one of those guys that's becoming usable and playable every week, even when Aaron Jones is in. Yeah. So it, it's to get a guy to like that me. at the very end of your draft. Yeah, for, for nothing. Yeah, he's starting to remind me of um, years ago when Derrick Henry started taking over for DeMarcus Russell. Right, right. For, right. Yeah, um, and DeMarco Murray. And it was just like, oh, this dude is built a bit different. And... Um, it is t- a little bit different because A.J. Dillon coming out of college, I didn't think he was going to be amazing. Where Derrick Henry, I was like, why aren't they giving this ball, the ball to this guy immediately? Because he's fucking amazing. Uh, I, after watching uh, Dillon the last couple of weeks, I'm starting to kind of fucking feel like he's in that same Elka player. Yeah, no, for sure. I think that he is uh, on his way to becoming a star in the league. My later round guy is Rob Gronkowski. What? Yeah, he is actually tight end number two uh, on a per-game basis. Um, And he went in the 12th round this year. I mean, if you can get 
Now, he has injury concerns. He's going to miss games. Mm-hmm. He's going to, you know, not be there for 16. He's probably not going to be there for 14. But if you can get a stud tight end, one of the top four guys in the league, with your 12th round pick, somewhere around nine, you can draft one of these other guys that are getting you through the league. You can get a Logan Thomas, or you can get somebody where you can afford to miss Gronkowski's couple weeks he's going to take off and still get tight end two production, you know, on a a basis. So, you know, it gives you the opportunity to wait so long on your tight end that you get to fill all your other positions, running back, wide receiver, quarterback. You know, you get to fill all those. And then you just get Rob Gronkowski in the 12th, plug him in, play him, you're good to go. Now, would you um, rather have Fryermuth or Gronkowski? It's a good point, and I, I saw that Fryermuth was back down there, and I did that. Um, it's just, to me, it's one of those things where, one, it's a keeper league where it's not dynasty. Yeah. So in a keeper league, I'd rather have Gronkowski. Because it's just one year. It could easily change next year, and Fryermuth could become the, the tight end three or four. You right. know? I mean, he's, he's been doing great. Uh, so if it was Dynasty, that's not even a question. It's yeah. Fryermuth oh, yeah, all day, yeah, yeah. every day. You know? But I think that I'm one of those guys, especially in redraft, where I want the consistency that I've seen over years. Yeah. It, more than, you know, where, you know, I don't want – Friar Muth to be this is absolutely a ceiling and he never gets better in this which is still a solid tight end I mean yeah, he'll still yeah. be great you know but I think that if they're both talking about their ceilings next year it's hard for me to say for sure what Friar Muth's ceiling is yeah I think what it comes down to me is the, is the quarterback play I mean you got Gronk with Brady if Brady's back next year Gronk hands down for me um, I don't think Big Ben's going to be back next no, year I don't and so, who, who I mean who the fuck knows it, who who's going to be throwing the ball to Fryermuth? Um, but it, I, it, I was just curious because he was another undrafted tight end, and it, like yourself, I'm always looking for that advantage at the tight end position. And if you could get an undrafted Fryermuth or a 12th round Gronk, um, I was just curious where you would lean on that one. If Brady's back, I'm on the same page, Gronk for sure. Uh, they, they well, there's love even <laughs> there's a hundred percent even the argument that if Gronk's back, I mean, so you know, but so I don't, I don't hate Firemuth by any stretch, and I imagine that this same conversation next year would be Firemuth over Gronk. Easy. Yeah. One other guy in the late round for me that I was looking at was Jalen Hurts. Um, he was drafted this year, round eleven, round twelve. And this could be a great way to get a top quarterback. Um, going into last week, or maybe the week before, but he was the quarterback one for a little while. Uh, last week he was pretty bad, so he dropped down. But he's still a, a top ten guy. And, you know, it's again, it's a way to, if you take, keep him as your keeper in round 12 and you don't have to worry about a quarterback the whole time, it's a, it's a great way to, to save up and, and use those earlier picks for, for earlier guys. Yeah, when you can get a quarterback with a rushing ability that Hurts has, even though I hate it, like that's his go-to and he just goes to running. I mean, even in that horrible performance he had last week, he had 77 yards rushing. Right, so, like, right. that's, you know, go for it. Let's get into some matchups that uh, we can take advantage of, stuff that we think going into this week we can uh, find players and find situations that will help you out. 
Um, what do you got? Who do you think in this week? So um, I was looking at the Bengals and the Chargers game, um, and more specifically T. Higgins. Um, Derwin, Derwin James, who's a fucking stud, he's their safety for the Chargers, um, I, I anticipate he's going to be giving that double coverage towards Jamar Chase. Um, and uh, that's just going to leave openings for, for Higgins, uh, hopefully to have another good game. But I didn't anticipate him blowing up this last game with what he had, like 114 yards yeah. and two touchdowns. And touchdowns. He had like, yeah. <laughs> what do you have? like 60% of Joe Burrow's passing yards all went to T. Higgins. Um, so hopefully maybe that's the beginning of a familiarity with them again because um, Higgins did have a good rookie year with Joe Burrow yeah, while he was yeah. playing. Uh, and I'm, I'm hoping to see that kind of rekindle, especially with all the attention that Jamar Chase is getting. And then normally Higgins, he's really good at those middle-of-the-field routes. And if you have Asante Samuels tool out for, for the Chargers, uh, he's in concussion protocol, so who knows if he's going to start. And then Kenneth Murray, their second-year um, uh, middle linebacker who's a fucking stud too, uh, he's dealing with a pretty significant angle in, ankle injury. So if he doesn't start, like that whole middle of the field is going to be open and it's going to be either to Tyler Boyd or T. Higgins and I'm just going to go with the momentum here that Higgins has from last week. Plus, I also really like the guy coming out of college. I, I think he's like, a better receiver as well. Oh, yeah, I think so too. But, um, you know, that hasn't always added to, true, to performance true. so um that's going to be my first matchup to take advantage of and also just a side pointer here like the um chargers run defense sucks so uh if you had any questions about starting mixon don't just start mixing he's great he's gonna kick ass yeah my first uh person i think is gonna have a good matchup that you can take advantage of i think hunter renfro um, I think he's just the most boring guy. But if it's a PPR, start him up this week. Washington's defense is is just okay to maybe okay against the pass. And it sounds like Waller's going to be out. So Renfro, Renfro will be Carr's safety blanket uh, all game. I think, you know, the yards may not be a super big number that you're looking for. But I think the catches will be there, and I think he'll have. I think at the end of it, you'll have a be have a happy day. You'll you'll be okay with Hunter Renfro. Yeah, I mean we're talking about a guy who's averaging like nine targets a game, and, right? And all those balls are are pretty much catchable. He's not a super down the field deep threat, so they're all across the middle or just kind of. The safety valve screen passes or dump off passes so if you're playing in a full point PPR I think that's a great choice man it, and I mean what is Carr going to do throw it to Brian Edwards he doesn't do that well I, when he does he does it a lot so he, I don't think this will be the game for that though I must not have played Brian Edwards on the lot games oh no you haven't nobody does because it's normally after four games in a row where he sucks so um, <laughs> fucking Brian Edwards <laughs> yeah um, I'm going to go ahead and, and uh I'll do my next guy here. I, I'm, I'm really looking at Godwin. Um, I think he's going to have a big bounce back uh, after his shit game this last week. Uh, they're playing the Falcons. The Falcons are a hot mess. Uh, their secondary's trash. Like it's, I don't, I don't. I can't think of anything good to really say about the Falcons except for Cordell Patterson. Um, and I, I, I can understand it can be sort of scary after last week. Uh, he had a real bad game. He was, like, in the negative for most of the game and then had a couple catches at the end there. Uh, but, even like, all elite wide receivers have that. Like, they, they'll have a right. bus game, like, 20 to 30% of the time that people just 
forget about because they, they're huge, big games. Or they make up for it by the end of the season. Nobody remembers their bus games, but all wide receivers have them, um, unless you're Cooper Cup, where your bus game is 95 yards. Jeez, um, yeah. You know, like so. I, I really look for Godwin to make a big bounce back this week, and and um, who better than the Falcons to go against? You know what I mean? Yeah, that would be. I'm I'm hopeful for that. I have Godwin in a couple places that I could definitely use him, and uh, it sounds like he has a pretty good matchup versus the cornerbacks that should be be covering him and so hopefully he has a really good yeah the falcons quarterback game is uh cornerback game is is lacking (laughs) Uh, my uh my other guy i have george kittle Uh, i know george kittle is always a start especially at tight end but he had a rough game last week and i don't want anybody to shy away from him because of that um there's no debo this week and you know, him and Kittle are the guys. And so even though we're saying that we think Ayuk will have a good game, I think Kittle will still be the one to see the most uptick in targets without Debo there. Uh, It's a game against Seattle. Seattle's defense is not that great. And it's a division game, and that's Kittle's bread and butter. Yeah. He likes to, you know, kill those guys and do his best. So. He's a fucking bully. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly. He wants to go out there and bully the shit out of Seattle. Yeah. So I think it's definitely a get-right game for him. And um, don't have any questions starting him. I think that, you know, sometimes we have a lot of quick-to-react crowd in fantasy. You know, oh, gosh, George Kittle didn't have a good game next year. I got to bench him. Nope, dial him up, get him out there, get him going. Yeah, he's he's definitely a player. I call him take-your-lunch-money players, and Debo is the other guy on that team. They're very much I'm-going-to-take-your-lunch-money type of players. And um, especially when you're talking about a divisional matchup in Seahawks, the uh, Seattle Seahawks are very much a rival of the Niners over the last decade, and Kittle's been a huge part of that rivalry. And um, I I can't wait to see what he's going to do against them. So that's, yeah. a good, that's a good call, man. Yeah, I think Kittle's going to be great. Um, there is a tough matchup of the week, though. I think that uh, also in the tight end category, I think Dawson Knox is going to have a tough matchup versus New England. New England's defense is, we had talked about it already, it's a top defense in the league. They're stacked. They have great coverage corners. They've got great coverage safeties. Their linebackers run well. Um, I think Dawson Knox always has the you know option to catch a, t- a touchdown in the in the red zone and with Josh Allen throwing him the ball it can happen but I think you're going to need a touchdown to even make the game you know make him playable for the week I don't think he's I don't think he's going to do a lot and New England likes to shut down you know your top guys and I know Diggs is the top guy that's what there, I was going to ask but yeah. in the red zone Knox is the top guy, yeah, and they know that, and so they're gonna shut Diggs down the whole time in the twenties, and then you get down close to the end zone. I think they're gonna really concentrate on Knox. So I just think that's a tough matchup. I don't think it's something you're gonna want to. If you have something better to play, well, I think you might want to do it. Yeah, I was gonna. I was not even better, just comparable. Those two things. your last two players are are very secular. They they line up together well because Kittle was out for several weeks and you might have been able to pick up Knox. Knox was also out for a couple weeks at the same time. But if you were able to pick him up and you might be thinking about starting Knox over Kittle who had a bad week this last week and think maybe, oh, I'll get cute and I'll I'll start Knox, um, then uh, don't do that. Start Kittle. Um, Exactly. But also, like you were saying, I, I kind of anticipate them 
targeting uh, Diggs more than Knox uh, to take out that one player who's really good. But as just a super deep sleeper here, and I actually have to start him in a league, if they're focusing on Knox, they're focusing on Diggs, Brita has actually been very playable the last couple weeks. He's looked pretty good. And, and I could see lots of him. Touchdowns. Lots of touchdowns. I could see him being the guy that kind of gets forgot about on that uh, New England defense and gets some screen passes, gets a little bit of run. And um, he's an explosive guy, man. Like, he was he was the fastest guy in the NFL a couple years ago. So um, I don't think he was faster than Tyreek Hill. But people said he was faster than Tyreek Hill. But I don't think he was. I'm going to. Do you remember their little, their little beef? No. Brita the cheetah, oh. <laughs> but Tyreek's the cheetah. Yeah, they had, they had a little Twitter beef, just not really, but it was just a that's cute, a quick little thing. <laughs> Normally, this time of the week, we get into our drunken trade of the week, where we get a real bad trade that was offered or accepted, <laughs> and something that we saw. This one's going to be a little different. Miyagi, you're going to tell us about it, but we're calling this one our, our drinking buddies trade of the week because this isn't necessarily somebody trying to take advantage of somebody else or somebody just sending a shit offer, even though it is a shit trade. <laughs> but uh, give us kind of the backstory to this and, and tell us about this trade a little bit. So our, our buddy Johnny was here last night. And um, he's having a couple beers, and we obviously it always ends up us talking about fantasy football because that's what we do. Um, and like, it, one of the questions I wanted to ask you earlier, maybe we can have it our question of the week sometime later, although it won't work because we're about to talk about it now. Is like, do you believe in jinxes or superstition or or voodoo right, of, right. In, in fantasy football, especially because I know a lot of the times I think like, well, shit, I started Brian Edwards this week. This is going to be his shit week. It used to be Amari Cooper that was like this. Right, like, and right. then when you bench him, you just know he's going to go off. And after a certain amount of times, um, you have the data to back that up. So it's not completely out of the realm, even though we all know it's silly. We all know it's not true. We all, but, but still, like, you get this feeling. So Johnny this year, um, he's convinced he's just cursed. He probably took a shit on some Indian barrel ground or something like that where he's just doomed no I matter I mean, it what. does sound like Johnny. I mean, I'm sure he's done it, but I don't know if that's the reason his got, fantasy got it, football team. It, it. He's starting to think maybe that's it. Um, so... Uh, I mean, we'll just go through a couple of the highlights here. He had uh, traded. So basically any player that's involved with a trade or in his um, lineup gets fucked. Like he traded Robert Woods. We all know what happened to Robert Woods. It was like literally two hours later, Robert Woods is out for the year. Um, he traded me Christian McCaffrey. We all know what happened with Christian McCaffrey. He got Kittle. Kittle had the worst game as a full-time starter this year. Um, uh, who, who's one of the other guys here? Oh, Joe Burrow. Um, he picked him up and started playing him, and that's basically when he became uh, – the Bengals became a strictly running team. Oh, right. Um, and so, you know, Burrow's still winning. He's putting up okay numbers, but he's not what he was, like, supposed to be. Um, I mean, he picked up Cam Newton, benched uh, Zach Moss, not so much. Rashad Penny, we all know what's going on there. Uh, it just seems like week after week after week, something is going on with this dude. We even had a trade. I traded him back and forth. We traded DK. And since that trade's happened, DK has sucked ass. Oh, yeah. Uh, wow. <laughs> so, so we're doing a bit of a science experiment here. That's all the data that we have to form our hypothesis. Our hypothesis is that Johnny's the devil, and anything that gets close to him becomes tainted and sucks. So we're going to put this out in the Internet right now. Um, we traded back and forth two players. Zach Pascal is who I got, who I figure I can flip for DeAndre Hopkins later. We, we remember <laughs> that one. 
and he got Gino, uh, Giovanni Bernard. So we were doing this strictly for science, so okay. I don't know if this like taints the fantasy football world or anything, but it's definitely two players we neither one of us are planning on starting anytime soon. They're bench players, but just for shits and giggles, we're like, let's trade them back and forth. If either one of these guys suffers a severe injury or, um, I mean, what really I'm hoping happens is Pascal just starts going bonkers because now he's not on Johnny's team. Oh, yeah. Um, there's that aspect. So if anything significant happens with these two players in the next week or two, then we can say for certain, factual, um, that Johnny is fucked. Like, Yeah, no, I, I like the idea behind it. I mean, personally, I probably would have like looked on YouTube and found some you know, video that backed my side of the story anyways instead of actually doing an experiment. But what do I know, you know? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> but, yeah, I like it. Let's see what happens. Let's see if, if one of these guys go down or if Zach Pascal starts becoming, you know, the, the wide receiver one there. We'll know. We'll blame it all on Johnny. You know what's going to end up happening is, like, I shouldn't even say it. Never yeah, don't, I know I'm what you're going to say. Yeah, don't, okay, even, okay, don't even do yeah, it. I'm not, not going to do that. So, guys, that's our, that's our <laughs> drinking buddies trade of the week. We'll, we'll keep an eye on it. We'll let you know if anything happens. We'll, we'll check back in and – and let you know. And yeah. if you're in a league with Johnny, um, probably don't trade with him for a yeah, little while. Stay away. Stay stay clear. And I mean, he, unless he offers you something good. Yeah. And this is just kind of like one of those fun things about fantasy, too, where it's like it reminds you not to take shit too seriously. Like there's, there's certain things in life that you just have to be reminded not to take shit too seriously. And this is kind of like one of those funny-ass things where, you know, if it's just something we're going to talk and laugh about. So, It is funny. I... You know, when I was leaving last night, I saw Johnny coming in, and he was like, yeah, I'm just coming in to hang out with Miyagi. And, uh, you know, didn't really think much of it, and then I got a buzz that there was a trade in that league, and I was instantly like, what the hell are these guys doing? I'm sure Miyagi just fleeced him. <laughs> then I look, and I was like, I, I, don't, I don't even know. Yeah. Like, Yeah, Johnny was even like, dude, I wonder how many people saw that trade. I'm like, what the fuck yeah, is even the point I of saw that? It. I, I'm the commissioner, so I had to send it through, and I saw it, and I was just like, why? Yeah, what's the like, point? Yeah. Who wanted either? Like, who was like, hey, here's the deal. I want Giovanni Bernard. What is it going to take? I'm like, you know what? It's going to take no less than Pascal, bro. Yeah. So I'm down to my ninth running back. Yeah. I need somebody. Yeah. But I, pu I pushed it through for you guys. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I appreciate that, know. man. I appreciate it. Yeah, I wrote you. I was like, dude, we're, we're going to talk about this on the pod tomorrow. Like, it's going to be... <laughs> <laughs> Just something stupid. <laughs> Guys, don't forget, it's Thursday. Get your flex players out of the flex spot for the Thursday night players. Put them in their actual starting positions. Move your flex wide receivers into wide receiver, your flex running backs in. That way you just have some flexibility to play whoever you want on the end of the week. Um, we did not have a five-star review this week. Um, but hopefully somebody will give us one soon so we can shout you out here. Um, also, another thing, we still haven't heard from our listener in Belgium. We'd love to hear from you. Send us an email or send us something that let us know who you are. We're interested. We're happy you're listening. Yeah. Um, anything else from us? No, man, just don't forget to have fun, dude. Yeah, man. That's really all it's about. Have some fun. Check us out on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on SoundCloud. Um, you know, anything you'll do, if you'll give us a review, rate and review on Apple, that'd be awesome. That'll help people find us. And, uh, yeah, tip your bartender. Yeah, and literally, like, if you even want us to say some stupid random shit, if you write us a five-star review, we, we're obligated to read it. I'll say this show's brought to you by Bailey Minardi. I'm not scared. <laughs> you won't do it. 
I'll do it. You write it in, I'll do it. Yep. All right. Sounds great. Challenge. <laughs> Later. <laughs> Peace.